Today we're going to talk about purpose. And uh, we're going to ask the question, you know, I was wondering what's God's purpose for my life? You ever ask that? Why did God put me here? Why did he allow, why am I here? What's the reason for my being? What's the reason for my living? You ever wonder that? Well, you know, a lot of people live in, in a very, uh, a very uh, discouraged life because they have no clue what's the purpose of their life. But how many of you know God has purpose for every life? Amen? What's God's purpose for my life? In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, Paul says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as, an unwi- not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. That's Ephesians 5, and we're on verse 17 now. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now the message Paul is giving us here in these verses is very clear. First point is that he says we should strive to live our life in a wise way. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as an unwise man, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. How many of you know evil will cause you to not live a wise life? And so Paul encourages us to walk in a wise way. How many of you know that there are two kinds of people in the world? Those that are living a wise life and those that are living an unwise life. And hands down, the best life to live is whenever you live in a wise way. Can I get an amen? Amen. Proverbs 3.35 says, Wise people will receive honor, but fools will be disgraced. Now it's very clear, the wise will receive honor. In other words, it's going to be a good thing for you in your life. But the, the foolish, the unwise, will be a disgrace or will be disgraced. That's very clear. Now, the second point Paul makes here is that the key to living in a wise way, in verse 17, he says, Paul says, so then don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So Paul says, the key to living in a wise way is to understand what the will of the Lord is. How many of you know that the ultimate purpose of your life and my life is to understand and to do the will of God? Say, what's the will of God? What's the purpose? What's my purpose? I tell you, the purpose of your life and my life is to, the key to it all is to to live a a wise life, is to understand what God's will is for your life and to do it. It's not just good enough to know it. You got to do it. Amen? Are y'all with me today? And so the question is, if you want to know what's the greatest Use of your life. The greatest way of spending your days is to to pursue the will of God. To pursue to know the will of God and then to do the will of God. That will be the best way to live your life. How many of you can how many of you can witness to that? And so the highest purpose of life is to know and do the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, just just the definition that I just wrote down. It's living in God's designed purpose plan, and direction for your life. I mean, you know, first of all, God's got a purpose for your life. He's got a reason He put you on this planet, right? And it's, so He's got a purpose. So you got to live in the design purpose for your life and to live according to God's direction for your life. How many of you know He's got a direction for your life? Amen? And so Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans meaning 
a thought-out course of action, a set path and direction for your life. Now, this is incredible that God would take the time to create a path for me. It's incredible that God would take the time to create a path and a direction for each and every one of us. The creator of the universe. Why is he even interested? Who is man that you are mindful of us, Lord? But thank God he is. Amen? And so he's thought out a plan. Now, God has a thought out path and direction for you and I to follow. Now, I want, you, I want you to consider this. Three considerations concerning the will of God. Number one is God has a uniquely designed purpose for every person he's created. In other words, it's just not for people that are pastors or a clergy or, or people that have been in church all their life. No, if you hear my voice, God's got a, a uniquely designed path and course for your life. Amen? And that's what he says there in, in, uh, in, in Jeremiah 29, 11. This is the plans. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. You can put your name. This is, for I know the plans that I have for John, for Sue, for, for Jennifer, amen? This is the plans I have for Tony, for Bob, amen, for Jimmy. I got a plan for you. Nobody has been left out. And everybody has a special plan. It's not all the same. How many of you know that? God's path for me is different than the God's path for you, for the most part. Some of the things are the same, but some of them are, are different. So everybody's path and course is a little different, but thank God everybody's been included. Isn't that great? That God's got a plan for you? Amen. I think it's great. And so listen, note, God's purpose and will for your life is totally different than anybody else on the face of the globe. So don't try to put your will on somebody else. Follow your will for your life. Amen? And so listen, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. The will and purpose of God is an individual thing. It's an individual thing. So now listen to what the psalmist said concerning God's will and purpose. In Psalm 139, verse 15, he says, You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. And every day of my life was recorded in your book. And every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now think of this. Before we were ever born, God already had knowledge of how long we were going to stay here. And not only that, but he had already planned out and designed every moment that we were going to be here. Wow. How many of you are curious? What's God's plan? What's God's will? Now, the second consideration concerning God's will is this. God designed His will for our life with our good in mind. Whenever He sat down and thought about, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with Randy? What kind of life do I want to live? Whenever He sat down and considered His will and His path for our life, He had our good in mind. And that's what he says there in verse 11. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. So when God designed and planned out our life, it was for the purpose of enriching and fulfilling our life. Thank God for that. Do y'all believe this this morning? You have to receive this. You have to believe this if it's going to make a difference in your life. You have to buy into the fact that God is not like this cosmic killjoy and just trying to ruin your life. You know, he's not trying to arm wrestle you and and 
control you and put your arm behind your back and force you into a corner just so he can show you he's God. He don't, he's not on an ego trip. Come on, are y'all with me today? He's not on an ego trip. He don't have to prove anything. He's God. He's in charge. Lord's and in charge. Amen. But listen, whenever he put it all together, he had you in mind and he had good in mind. And that's what the scripture says. When God designed and planned out our life, it was the purpose for enriching our life. Jesus said this in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Now think about it. The purpose of Christ dying on the cross was simply to fulfill God's promise in Jeremiah 29, 11 in our life today. He said, this is a plan. I came, the thief is going to try to ruin your life, but I came so that you can have a rich and fulfilled life. And that's why I'm here. Amen? Amen. Isn't that great? And so the third consideration concerning God's will is this. The best life you can live is found in the center of God's will. That's the best life to live. It's in the center of God's will. Jesus experienced the benefit of living according to the design of God, the plan of God, and the direction of God. And this is what he said in John chapter 4 and verse 30. The people came streaming from the village to see me, see him. And meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. Apparently, he'd been there a long time. They had already gotten something to eat. He hadn't stopped ministering. He was ministering to the little lady at the well. And they said, you got to eat something. Verse 32. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. In verse 33. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing His work. My nourishment. Listen, how many of you know that walking in God's will will nourish your soul? Have you ever experienced leanness in your soul? Have you ever experienced emptiness in your soul? Have you ever felt malnourished in your soul? I tell you, whenever you find and you walk in the center of God's will, it will nourish your soul. You'll be nourished with peace in your life. You'll be nourished with with God's love and grace in your life. Amen? How many of you believe that this morning? The nourishment, whenever you walk in the will of God, you'll have spiritual freedom and you'll experience God's supernatural provision. Listen, it's right under the spout of God's grace is the center of God's will. And that's where we want to live our life. Amen? Amen. You know, Wednesday night we had a baptismal here uh, and it was, it was powerful. Uh, you know, towards the end, you know, how many of you know that uh, it, takes a, it takes a decision on somebody's part to get wet, dunked? Get your hair wet, your makeup smeared in the front of God and everybody in church. But you know what? It's so powerful. As people begin to get water baptized, man, you can just sense and feel the presence of God growing and intensifying in here. And then when we got ready to end the service, we said, listen, you might have not signed up, but if you want to get baptized, come up here. We got some extra towels here. Come and get baptized. And a lady pops up and she says, I'm going to get baptized. And she got baptized. And man, it got electric in here. And somebody else popped up and said, I want to get baptized. And I don't know, there's three or four by the time we ended. And by the time we got done, the presence of God was so great in here. Why? Because the will of God is where the presence of God is. The will of God is where the grace of God is. Not outside the will. In the will of God is where God's provisions is. Amen. 
So we want to get under the spout. Amen. Listen, what, listen to this. Psalm 92, 12 and 14. It says, but the godly shall flourish like palm trees and grow tall as the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted into the Lord's own garden and under his personal care. And even in old age, they will still produce fruit and will be vital and great. Amen. Now listen, how many of you know about greenhouses? You know, a greenhouse has, has been designed to keep the environment perfect for a plant to thrive. The temperature is just right. Proper amount of moisture. Proper amount of light. It's the, you know, they, they're protected from the bugs. A plant thrives in a greenhouse. You take that plant and you stick it amongst, amongst weeds and that plant will not do so well. And the will of God, brothers and sisters, is getting transplanted into God's garden. And whenever you are in the center of God's will, you're going to have the right amount of sunlight. You're going to have the right amount of moisture. You're going to have protection from the bugs of life. And you're going to thrive in the will of God. Amen. And so I encourage you to work to be in the will of God. Now the greatest challenge in, to continually, is to continually walk in the will of God. It's, yeah, how many of you agree? We need to walk in the will of God. Amen. Everybody, yes, amen. But how many of you know just believing that you should and actually doing it is a horse of a different color? Right? I mean, it's easy to say. It's easy for me to get up here. Let's live in the will of God. I got to get down from this platform and I got to go live out there in the world. It's hard to live in the will of God. It's not so easy. It's a challenge. And the challenge is to continually walk in the will of God. And Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 says this. You need to keep on patiently doing God's will if you want Him to do for you all that He has promised. you got to be patient. you got to keep on keeping on. Amen. You know, it's like, hey, don't, don't jump out of the greenhouse just because you're starting to see some flourishing going on in your life. Stay in the greenhouse. Amen? It's not good enough to have walked in God's will yesterday. We need to walk in God's will today. How many of you know yesterday's walking in God's will is not going to do anything for you today? You got to do it today. Amen? And there's a man in the Bible that learned this, this principle very well. And his name is Jonah. He was a man that was walking after God. In fact, God thought so much of him that he was going to use him to reach an entire community, an entire city. And he gave him some instructions and told him what to do. And, and, but, you know, but one day, Jonah decided he didn't want to follow God's will anymore. He wanted to do it his will. He wanted to do it his way. How many of you are familiar with that story? You know, it's one of the greatest stories in the Bible. Every time I read it, I'm reaffirmed that I need to do the will of God. But, you know, it's so colorful. It's so powerful. I want to read it to you. You should be in Jonah chapter 1 by now. But listen to this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amathea. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Where did he tell him to go? And preach against it because its wickedness has come before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. And he headed for... Is that where the Lord told him to go? He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. 
After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarsus to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. And all the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And he threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck where he lay down and he fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? What, what did you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of the heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. Verse 11, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down before us? Listen to what he says, verse 12. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. He wasn't totally stupid. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. How many of you know when you don't do the will of God, it don't only affect you, it affects others also. Verse 13, instead the men did their best to row back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. And then they cried out to the Lord, Oh Lord, please don't let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O oh Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. Verse 16, at this At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. Lord, I promise whenever I get back to land, I'm going to serve you. Oh, they had a revival on the boat that day. Verse 17, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. Now here's the point. Jonah was walking with God, living in the center of God's will one day. The next day, it changed in an instant when he decided he didn't want to follow the Lord's will any longer. It's a great story. It's a great lesson. Important to know, we are all one decision away from getting out of God's will. We're all one decision away. Now notice the result of getting out of God's will. Verse 1, Jonah ran from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship. After paying the fare, he went aboard In verse 4, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. You know, listen, the will of God is under the spout of God, the provision of God. But you know what? Outside of the will of God is another kind of spout and it's not a good spout. It's storms. Are you all with me today? How many of you would agree with that today? And so it doesn't matter that we've lived years in the center of God's will. It doesn't matter. We must continually walk in the center of God's will. We can throw it all away in an instant. we got to continually walk in the will of God. Amen. But the good news is that God is a God of second chances. That's the great news. That's another great point here. God is a God of mercy and is willing to give us a second chance. That is great news. Amen. 
So if you made the wrong decision, got out of the will of God, there's good news today. You can get back under the spout. Amen. In Jonah 2, 1, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me from the depths of the grave. I called for help and you listened to my cry. You know what Jonah was doing? He was repenting for running away from the Lord. When you don't do the will of God, you run away from the Lord. And so we don't want to run away from the Lord. We want to run to the Lord. Amen. But Jonah repented. He said, God. I know I'm going the wrong way. In verse 10, and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah on the dry land. That's a picture of the grace and the mercy of God. Amen? Hey, on the beach, he wasn't in this storm anymore. On the beach, the storm had ended. Verse 3, Jonah, or chapter 3, verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. That is a powerful verse. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. At verse 3, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. He obeyed. Praise God. So listen, the moral of the story is if you, don't, if you want to avoid storms, some storms in life, stay in the center of God's will. Amen? Number two, if you presently outside God's will, repent and get back in His will. And number three, remember there's always a high price to getting outside of God's will. God gave Jonah a second chance, but he still had to go through the storm. He still got seaweed all over his face. He got to smell the stinky, vile, acid in the belly of that fish. I don't know if he ever forgot about that smell. Are y'all with me today? You know, God's a God of mercy and he forgives, but there's still a price to pay when we get outside the will. You know, somebody said, you know, we, we, we pray and ask God for his will and we decide not to do God's will and then we repent and we ask God for crop failure. Like, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to reap the seeds of the, of the plants I sowed. But how many of you know sometimes, even though God gives us a second chance, there's a price we have to pay. Right? And this is really important. So Jonah still went through a great storm because of his rebellion of God's will. Oh, if we could just understand this. If we could just get this. You know, it's like, God, can you unzip my brain, my my skull, and can you hard drive that into my my spirit and my mind? How many of you like that him to do that for you too? And so listen, let me give you some pointers to help you to continually walk in the will of God. One is, remember the will of God is multifaceted. You know, a diamond has multifacets. It's multi-sided. It's not just one side. It's got a bunch of different sides. And you know, the will of God is the same way. God has, the will of God is multi-sided. And let me explain it. Acts 20, 27. Paul said, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. How many of you know that there are many sides to God's will and direction for our life? God has a will concerning how we handle finances. God has a will concerning how we handle relationships. 
God has a will on how we behave and our lifestyle in life. Are y'all with me? God's will is multifaceted. You know, He's got a will concerning our physical health and how we take care of our temple. Amen? It's multifaceted. And so to stay in the will of God, you have to manage every area of your life. To stay in the, in the center of God's will, you've got to manage every area of your life. In Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God. Epaphras was praying and interceding. He was praying for the saints that they would stay in the center, stand firm in all the will of God. Why? Because it's easy for us to be in the center of God's will in one area of our life, but not to be in the center of God's will in the other area of our life. You have to consider God's will in your finances. You have to consider God's will when you're dealing with your relationships. You have to consider God's will in the way that you behave, your behavior, your lifestyle. You have to consider God's will in in all the counsel of God. Amen? Amen. And so you only have to be out of God's will in one area to really miss out on the goodness of God. See, Jonah, it wasn't that he didn't like God. He was, he was, he, he told the people on the boat, I am a God, I am a follower of God. I am committed to God. But on, on one hand, he was that way. On the other hand, he was running from the Lord. See, and so listen, you could be right now sitting in here and as far as for surrendering your life, being a Christian, you're right in the will of God. But you know what? Maybe in your finances, you're not. Maybe in your relationships, you're not. You know, listen, whatever area of your life you want God to bless, bring that area unto the will of God and God will bless it. Are y'all with me out there? Come on, say amen. Help me out. Amen. Amen. You know, let me, let me see if I can just kind of drive home this, this. I heard this story and I thought it was, it was a great story. There was a man that was a, an evangelist, a missionary. And this guy had a great, he loved Jesus like crazy. And he was a great man of God. And God used him to make a huge difference in Mexico. He would go into a city that had never heard the gospel before in in an entire life. He'd go in there and he would preach the gospel. People would get saved. He would disciple a leader. And in a few months time, they had a church up and going. He would move over to the next city. I mean, God was working miracles in his life. People were getting healed. People were getting delivered. He was casting out devils. This was a great man of God. But while he was doing all that, he wouldn't rest improperly. He was drinking pots of coffee a day. He was eating whatever and anything he wanted. And suddenly he had a massive heart attack and died prematurely. Now, he was in the will of God when it concerned ministry and, 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 and walking with God. But he was out of God's will in this one area of his life. And this one area came back to, to rob him of, I believe, some of, the, some of the, the destiny that God had for him. See, so it just takes one area of our life to be out of kilter. To mess up God's goodness and God's destiny for our life. 
So the moral of the story is we need to manage every area of our life and bring it into the, to the will of God. Amen? Now listen, before we step out of the will of God, there's something that happens on the inside of us. You know, the prodigal son, before he got away from the, from the father's banquet table, there was an unrest in his spirit. There was an uneasiness in his spirit. He had a hint of rebellion going on in there. His father might not have been able to see it, but it was there. The reason we know it's there, because it manifested a little while later. And see, listen, the time to do business with God is not whenever we step out of the will of God and pay the consequences for it. The time to do business with God is whenever you sense and you know there's something in your life that needs to surrender to the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because we will save ourselves some storms. We'll save ourselves some misery. So let me ask you a question. What area of your life needs to be surrendered to the will of God this morning? What area of your life is out of the will of God that needs to surrender to God? God's wanting to, to get us to change before we get swallowed by the whale. Amen? That's His mercy. That's His grace. And I thank God for it. What's the purpose of my life? It's to do the will of God. To walk in the will of God. Say, well, I don't know what that is. Well, you need to make sure that you spend your days trying to understand what the will of God is. You need to put effort into knowing what God's will is. Why? Because that's going to be the best way for you to spend your days. And whenever you've spent your life and it's done and it's over with, you're going to be happy about the life that you lived. Amen? Would you stand with me? Would you just bow your head with me for a moment? Let's go back to that secret place this morning. Maybe there's an attitude that's out of the will of God. Maybe there's some behavior, lifestyle that's out of the will of God. Can we just just open our heart before the living God today? Saints, as I pray with you as we end this service, I want you to know that I, I just talked to you this morning in fear and trembling to know that that I myself are just one choice away from getting out of God's will. Come on, just do business with God right now and just give it to Him and just say, Lord, I want to be in Your will. Let's ask the Lord to, to help us with any hint of rebellion in our life. Any hint of obstinacy, stubbornness, that is struggling to surrender to the will of God. Come on, let's ask the congregation today. Just make a fresh commitment to say, Lord, I'm surrendering to you. I'm yielding to you. I'm giving it up to you. I'm, I'm giving you my whole life today. I want every area of my life to be in your will. I don't want one area to be outside of your will, Lord.
Father God, I thank you today that you are releasing your grace. Thank you, Father, for being a God of mercy, a God of compassion, a God of grace. You're a God of second chances and third chances. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name, O God. And while the Holy Spirit's job is to right now just take the words that have been spoken today and make application to them to your life. Come on, just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, is there an area of my life that's outside the will? Come on, just ask Him. Lord, is there an area of my life that I need to work on, Lord? Come on, talk to Him right now, saints. Come on, just open your heart and say, Lord, is, do I need to change directions right now? Am I going to the wrong city in my spiritual life, Lord? God, if am I headed in the wrong direction, Lord, in my relationships, with my finances, God, in my behavior, Lord, help me today. I don't want to go the wrong way, Lord. I want to go the right way amen saints thank you father god 